0: Hey, business building warrior. Hope you're having a great weekend. If you're listening to this right when it comes out, it's on a Saturday. This is our weekend update. A weekend update, if you're new around here, just means we've gone back in time, maybe a few days, a few weeks, or a few months, and we've grabbed some inspirational, informational, helpful tips and strategies from recently popular episodes where we've typically interviewed a guest who's a success story from our community, and we put them on the stage and we talk to them about what's working, what isn't, what challenges they're facing, what strategies can they share with us, <clears throat> excuse me, about their business. So let's dive into this weekend update in just a moment. And you're going to hear the clips that we've compiled for you today. But before we do that, a couple things about this show. First, if you're brand new around here, you should know the vast majority of our episodes are, as I just described, interviews with successful students from our community. We've got a free Facebook group. As I'm recording this, over 72,000 people from around the world using the strategies we teach to build beautiful businesses online. Jump in there if you're not a member yet. Silentgem.com has the link. The other thing that all of these people have in common that you've heard on the hundreds of episodes of this show are the fact that they're using the proven Amazon course, Strategies. To grow their business. Now, inside the proven Amazon course, you will find dozens of helpful modules that can meet you where you are and take you to the next level. So, we have students who have 10,000 or 20 or $50,000 or more businesses who study the content in the proven Amazon course. And we have brand new people who've never sold anything online and they're not even sure if this is a business that's right for them or not. We've got modules for everyone. The course grows with you. So, that's the other thing that all of our guests on this show have in common is they are successful students of those strategies. So we're very proud of the fact that we've compiled hundreds of interviews with those students. If you want to see even more success stories, jump into our free Facebook group, like I mentioned, at silentgym.com. There's a link to the course. There's a link to our coaching, all that good stuff. Something else I want to put on your radar before we jump into the content for this weekend episode is the fact that July 6th through 8th of 2023... You want to circle that on your calendar and plan to join us in Columbus, Ohio, as hundreds of listeners to this show gather along with nearly all of our coaching team. We have about 60 coaches, hundreds of listeners to this podcast, our successful coaching students, proven Amazon core students, all the sponsors who can't wait to be a part of the excitement. We're all going to go to Columbus, Ohio, July 6th through 8th for our 11th annual get together with over 40 breakout sessions content for absolutely every stage of Amazon experience or e-commerce experience. If you're brand new, just checking it out, you're going to love this event. If you've got $100,000 a month business and you're looking to expand, you're going to love this event. You need to be there. It's great networking. You're going to have a blast. If you've listened to a handful of episodes recently, you've heard us talking about it. If you have questions, get over to theprovenconference.com. Odds are we answer all your questions there. Again, the website, remember these three words for our July 6th through 8th event. These three words, The Proven Conference. Go check it out. Hey, let's get into the weekend update. Can't wait to show you what we've got for you today. I'm loving your story so far. And I'm trying to listen through the years of, you know, the questions I'd like to ask versus, I think there might be some new listeners in our audience who are like, What'd you just say? What's that? So what I'm going to do is pause you for a second and talk about some of the things that you've dropped and ask you some more detail on some of those things. Mm-hmm. You mentioned KDP, Kindle Direct mm-hmm. Publishing. Publishing mm-hmm. simple, small books. I'd love to hear how that went. That's one of the courses that we teach. I believe it's in the Proven Amazon course it now, is. but it talks about how to create even low content books. Mm-hmm. And uh, if not, there'll be a link in the show notes. I can't remember if we've added it into the Proven Amazon course yet. You called it the pack, which is what we call mm-hmm. it around here because there's so many modules in there. If it's not in there, I'll put a link to it. But Jenny does a brilliant job of talking through how to create books fairly rapidly. So I'd want to hear how that went for you. You talked about merch. There's a module in the Proven Amazon course. That's just t-shirt designs. And that's just you know mailbox money is our, our coaching director. Nathan always <laughs> like, hey, wait, another check for work I did a long time ago. I don't know of many people who are making a full-time living with merch. Mm -hmm. it's kind of swamped at this point. But if you got a few cool t-shirt designs out there, we do have a module that teaches you how to do that. You talked about private label, the easy way. And if you'll bear with me, Vicky, for just a minute, I want to kind of explain to people what that is. That is basically just taking product out of one package and putting it into another one with your own label on it. We teach Mm -hmm. that strategy. Now for long term, if that starts to take off for you, you really want to get it trademarked and branded and because other people can just swoop in and do the same thing. But that's a strategy we teach, right? Mm -hmm. In the Proven Amazon course. And I'd love to hear how that went for you as Mm -hmm. well. I think that gets us pretty up to speed. You sound like one of these people who's I can. You're very articulate as well. By the way, I can tell you do a lot of talking in front of other people, teaching, right? Yeah. Obviously, communicating your point very well. So you're doing Thank a you. tremendous job. But I want to hear a little more detail on how these projects went for you, and and what you're excited about now. Then is and maybe the next segment as we move into that. But talk to me about the KDP. How that book do for you? I'm very curious specifically on that one.
1: The KDP, the first one I did, as I mentioned, it was it was more of a workbook, so it was. Sure. Not so much a um, like a printable or anything like that. It was designed for kids to be able to write into it. And it didn't take long to put together once I had the ideas that I right. sketched out. It's a so, low-content
0: book, but it's designed. That's, that's the, the course that is. we offer. There's not a lot in there. There's a lot of blank space for people to feel like journals and that sort of mm-hmm. thing. There's there's big opportunity there.
1: There is. It, it was a lot of fun to do it. And I did my own graphics on that one. Nothing super fancy. I mean, this is for kids. You know, It didn't have to be particularly yeah. you know amazing. But the feedback was phenomenal. And it was... Once I published it, I originally had thought, well, kids like, you know, maybe five to eight years old, you know, younger kids who are learning about community service and who want to, the title includes something about getting on Santa's good list, you know, kind of just a guaranteed
0: spot. You can give us the name of it if it's still for sale. Uh, It is. It's
1: on Amazon. Yes. 24 days till Christmas. How to guarantee a spot on Santa's good list.
0: I love it. How creative.
1: And um, it did really, really well last year, or the first year, last year was COVID. So it was a little bit trickier with COVID. I did sell well last year, but I think everybody was a little bit discombobulated last year with a lot going on. So I didn't, didn't worry about it too much, but it's already out there this year. And I think it's going to do fine again this year. The second one I did was, um, an entrepreneur's journal. And that was really a lot of, quotes, public domain quotes that I had put together specifically with entrepreneurs in mind so that they can go through and look at a quote, be inspired, and then think about what can they do in their day to either rise to this occasion or to correct something that maybe they were I don't want to say doing incorrectly, but maybe they didn't think about, or you know, just some just some of our famous people through history. I'm the history girl here. <laughs> That's great. So put can on I put you on the spot
0: and ask for maybe a couple of your favorites, and you don't have to nail them. But I was curious, what pops to your head, or do you have a copy of the book you can even show us? That'd be great. <laughs> for those of you who watched on YouTube, she's not watching. She just went to her shelf, <laughs> and there's a copy. What's okay. the title of it, so people can find it?
1: It's right here.
0: Entrepreneur, the uh, Entrepreneur Journal.
1: The entrepreneurs journal. And it's quotes like assure only what you can and are willing to deliver. It's that simple. Is there something that you've been promising the needs that needs to be fulfilled? Take this opportunity to make it happen. And that was Benjamin Franklin.
0: So he has uh, some golden nuggets. He's a good guy to go. And it's all public domain now, too. It's
1: all public domain. Yeah. This one, Shakespeare. Sometimes you will be faced with unsolicited advice about your business. In some cases, the tips may be valuable. In other cases, the advice may work against your goals, if not altogether dismissive. Who are your devils in business? What strategies can you put in place to conquer them?
0: I, I mean, had no idea that Shakespeare gave against. business advice. I'd never... I, that sounds like a guy I want to look into a little bit. I, I mean, yeah, we're all familiar with his plays, of course, but I didn't know he gave any business advice.
1: He did, he did. Well, I would—I don't know if i necessarily classify business per se, but if you really look at a lot of our... Well, really any leader today... You can apply so much to business. And you know you can really look all around you and find ideas in your business and how to apply it. I mean, it could be an artist that put something out there. I probably have an artist in the book. I don't remember. Oh, for um, sure. Well, but I, I, will I love it. this. It's
0: such a creative idea. I'm gonna have to pick up a copy. Oh, would you send me a copy?
1: I'll send you a copy. Absolutely. Send me a
0: signed copy. That's one of the benefits of being a podcast show host. I get a lot of copies of free signed <laughs> books.
1: I'll send you three ones because I just this one I'm super excited about for KDP, and I didn't mention this before. I had started a picture book just before COVID, and then right after COVID started, actually right before COVID started, I decided my husband and I decided to pull my son out of school. He was struggling a little bit with school, and I loved his school. It was a school that I taught in. Loved the school. Loved his teachers. They were all very good friends of mine. But he just he had some needs that that were he was just falling behind he was really struggling with math, things like that. So I decided to homeschool him. I had already left the classroom by then. So it was no problem. And I was working at home. So I I enjoyed the opportunity. He was all for it. He just, he didn't want to go to school frustrated anymore. So I took a little bit of time, put Amazon on the back burner, kind of as much as I could at that time, needed to really get him squared away. And I put this book on the back burner as well. But this book, Picture Book, was the first time I hired an illustrator. This was an experience. I don't hear a lot about it. I got the idea from talking to a wonderful couple at conference. And I ended up going on Fiverr and found an illustrator. She was in the Philippines who does the most beautiful watercolor work. And this book is about a little red farm truck. So she did the illustrations and, you know, they also got, of course, wrapped up in COVID. So there was so much going on. This book took forever, but finally, just a few days ago, it's published. It's now published. I'm expecting my first copy in the mail today or tomorrow. I'm so, so proud and excited about this one. Not even because of the story. The story's fun, but it's the illustrations. I would love to be an artist and I'm not <laughs> So to have somebody else. I think bring to life an idea you have. To me, that was a really, really cool experience. And I want to do that again. That was a lot of fun.
0: Let me ask you, this isn't a question you probably normally get when you're Mm -hmm. from like, if you're at a party with friends, they wouldn't ask you this. But for this episode, I think it's very relevant. Mm -hmm. What did you pay to have that book illustrated? Like what was your expense? And you're obviously excited about the art. Mm -hmm. You love how it came together. Mm -hmm. And and I don't know what the number is going to be, but I think Mm -hmm. a lot of people are thinking, wow, that that sounds expensive. Have a really good artist illustrate your book. What did you end up paying for that?
1: Well, I'll tell you this before I tell you what I paid, and I don't mind sharing that. Working with the Philippines, I think it's important to understand there's there's a big difference in our exchange
0: rate. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah. And, and, I, don't, and I don't, I'll even do that part for you, so you don't have to struggle sure. through it. Because mm-hmm. I have no problem with the fact mm-hmm. that a five dollar bill spends like a fifty dollar bill, mm-hmm. a U.S. currency. It just right. does. I mean, there's people it's- down there that uh, there's doctors making six, seven, eight dollars an hour professionally. Mm-hmm went to university, have their medical degree, mm-hmm. and they're as competent as a U.S. doctor, making mm-hmm. 7 $8 an hour. And that's how they're feeding their family. And they're excited
1: for they that are, They are, they right. are. And I have, I've got five VAs right now, virtual assistants. Four of them are in the Philippines. And sometimes I, you know, I guess in the beginning, I felt bad because of that exchange rate. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I'm not paying them enough. But I am, and I know I am, and I have to get past that. But back to the book, I paid all together, probably about $450 to have mm-hmm. it illustrated. And I would love to recoup that. But if I never do, just the fact that I published the book, and it was my first true children's book, and it's such a beautiful piece of art, I am so excited. I would pay your double. I mean, it was just, it was a great experience. So it was well worth, I mean, she was a blessing to me and this particular book that i that is coming out rosie the the farm truck i want to do another one i'm just so thrilled about that so i think there's a lot you can do with ktp and i know people talk about printables and the low content books and i think that's fantastic and there's a lot out there too but i think you can do more also so I think there's a lot you can do with KTP. And I know people talk about printables and the low content books. And I think that's fantastic. And there's a lot out there too. But I think you can do more also.
0: Oh, absolutely. If you've got a project that's on your heart, there's never been a better time. And mm-hmm. I've talked about earlier episodes of this podcast. I talked quite a bit about it. Not so much lately, but just the power of being an author. You're now an expert you know I mean, I just even this past Sunday at our church, we had a, a young man spoke at our church because he had written a book on a topic, and our pastor even said, like, we brought in an expert. I mean, he wrote a book on it, so he's got to be like he would said it almost <laughs> in jest, and the guy really knew his stuff. but right We're still there. I don't know if that'll be true 100 years from now, but right now, if you wrote a book, you're kind of the expert, and it opens up so many doors that otherwise wouldn't have. So now you're a published children's book author. No one's going to go like, what are your credentials? You know, they're going to say, wow, you published a children's book that you must know a lot about children and entertaining them and how to communicate to them. And they're going to assume all of these things, whether they're true or not, they're going to assume them because Mm -hmm. you wrote a book. Right. So congratulations. I I want to get a copy of that one too, if I could. I I wish you had a copy to hold up and show us today for those who are listening only. We don't have a copy yet. It sounds like it hasn't arrived yet, but...
1: No, I should get that copy today. But no, it's funny and it's ironic because when I was still teaching middle school and I I loved those kids, I love that age. But the kids knew that I loved to write and they kept telling me, you know, Miss Cutter, when are you going to publish a book? When are you going to publish a book? My assumption was always that I would publish something that was more young adult you know, something more appropriate for a teenage level. So when I came out with a picture book, they're like, what? That's cool. Where'd that come from? I don't know. It just came to me. I came to That's me
0: so great. So, so tell us the elevator version of the story, like this farm truck. What mm-hmm. happens? What's the lesson? What are we doing here?
1: So Rosie is um, just kind of a, a... I wanted a girly girl truck. I wanted a girly truck. And I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie. I mean, there's trucks everywhere, and I know boys play with girls' toys and girls play with boys' toys, and I get all that, but I just really wanted a, a little truck with big eyelashes and blue eyes and a little bit of pink on her because you don't see it a lot out there for girls. So she's kind of going about her day, she's on the farm, she's got the animals, and then the mayor calls her in, needs her help. There's a storm coming. And there's a train that's coming through town that gets trapped and stuck because of the storm. And I can't give away what the surprise is, but there are some travelers on the train who need some help in order to save Christmas. So, Rosie and her farm friends, the farm animals, they gather together and she's really nervous about doing this task that she's been giving. She doesn't feel like she has the confidence to do it. And then the farmer, who is kind of her mentor, helps her realize that she's very capable of doing this task that he, he's given her and that she ultimately has this kind of confidence boost by the end of the story and makes some new friends and goes on to help save Christmas.
0: Man, that sounds great. Yeah. I love it. I miss that season. My kids, if I sat down to read it with any of them now, they'd be like, oh, uh, dad, because <laughs> they're all older.
1: But that sounds like
0: such a great kids book, nighttime, bedtime story kind of thing. That's great. So yeah. yeah, I want a copy of that one too. I have said and, and listeners that. need to pick it up. Give us the title again so so people can grab it. Uh, hopefully, maybe even in time for Christmas, if we get this episode out in time.
1: Hopefully. It's called Rosie the Farm Truck.
0: Rosie the Very Farm simple. Truck.
1: Rosie the Farm Truck.
0: Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Yep. And did you ever, you know, I, I want to make sure one of the, the seeds I want to plant in the listeners' minds right now as we're thinking through this is like, well, yeah, she taught school. So she's mm-hmm. qualified to write a children's book. She's qualified to write a business journal because she has a business. Like no one came along and said, "Hey, guess what? You're not qualified, or you are qualified." At any point, you just decided to do these things, right?
1: Mm-hmm. And that's so true, Jim. And I think a lot of people, you know, we all do it. You know, there's a little bit of that, I guess, imposter syndrome. Like, who who might to think that I I'm as use. good? Exactly. Even something like teaching. Sure, I'm a good writer. I do pat myself on the back. I had an amazing middle school teacher a hundred years ago. when I went through that, and <laughs> she taught me to write, but. I'll tell you what, this book could easily be on a kindergarten, first grade level. Kindergarteners terrify me. They really do. I've never taught school <laughs> with little ones like that. So the idea that I could write a book for kindergartners, I don't know where this came from. I mean, in small school
0: groups, school they're there. pretty scary. <laughs> I can handle them just, one at I, a time.
1: Yeah, I, I don't That's not something that I'm trained to do. I sure. like I said, I give me the older kids, I've taught college, give me that level. so this kind of came out of nowhere and maybe that's why it was so much fun for me. I didn't feel the pressure, perhaps if I really was writing that book for my middle schoolers who would be so crit- you know critical and they would really critique it. I don't know, I don't expect little ones to critique this. I don't know. And same thing with the Entrepreneur's Journal that I put out there. That's just experience. And I think anybody can do anything. You can take, in my case, I use these quotes, but you could take a set of quotes and then just apply it to maybe you're a nurse. Maybe you're a college student. Maybe you're you know, doing something different in your life. I mean, you can you can do anything. And yeah. as far as being the expert, expert, if it's something you want to do badly enough, you're going to figure out a way to learn it. You get on Google, get on the internet. If you want bad enough, you can do it. So even when I decided to niche down into my area that I focus on now with Amazon, I had to learn how to say no to a lot of other things and put things on the back burner. Because otherwise, it's that typical shiny object syndrome. And we all get it, I think, as entrepreneurs to different levels. But if I let all that take over my day, I'm not going to get anything done. And I, I had a really specific goal on what I wanted to do as far as what I wanted to I have a good quote
0: on that point before we move too far off of it, the, the saying no all the time. It's a, I can't remember. I actually put it in one of the versions of Silent Sales Machine at one point. I can't remember who said it now, but uh, maybe it was Jack Welch. Probably not. But someone who with a lot of success in business said, the difference between successful people and really successful people is that really successful people say no constantly. That's so good. Yeah, you've got to learn to just turn off those voices and distractions and those good ideas. And the number of people that call and say, Hey, I've got a really good idea. I want to sit down and, and, uh, you know, what do they always say? It's like, uh, pick your brain. (laughs) No, I can't do that. Could you summarize it for me in a paragraph and I'll get back to you when I can? I'd love that lunch sometime, but Mm -hmm. I don't have time for good ideas. I have time for right ideas only. Mm
1: -hmm. No, I think there's a lot to that. And, you know, it just, It takes a lot of active consideration about your time, a lot of active thinking. And I remember my husband, when he got home from Bahrain, he'd been gone a year. Now, thank God for the internet and um, Zoom and WhatsApp and all these things, because we were able to stay in contact quite regularly despite the time distance. But when he came home, I've been working at home. You know, I've got my setup, kind of my group, my thing. Working with my son, he sat up next to me homeschooling. And I had to tell my husband, I said, Hey, please understand that from nine to five, this is what I'm doing. You know, I can't do X, Y, and Z. And please don't be offended because he was home on leave for a little while after that. I said, Please understand, this, this is my focus. <laughs> this is what's got to get done. And it is hard sometimes to say no, it's, it's easy to get distracted.
0: Yeah, well, here's a little tip. I don't know if you've ever tried this. or Not do you, do you listen to anything while you work when you like got to be focused?
1: I don't. I am. I am one of the only people I know who loses focus if I listen to music, for example. Well, not music. Function. Not
0: mm-hmm. music. It, it distracts me as well. Have you You're ever tried brown like noise? Have you ever tried brown noise?
1: Mm-mm.
0: Try brown noise. Just go on YouTube and type in yeah. brown noise. It's like the. Uh, I describe it as the the low end of the sound of a wave. Like okay. you get know, the high end staticky sound, like the mm-hmm. high end you've got the at the low end. It's like that soothing low end of a wave almost. I can focus in so much longer and, and I'm like, the world goes away and I can just mm-hmm. pound through work. Just give it a shot. And maybe the mm-hmm. listeners too, let us know what you think. But I've found a lot of us. I got my mom turned on to it. She actually mm-hmm. sleeps to it. A lot of people sleep to that, mm-hmm. that, Tone, but um, machine, yeah. it really turns off all the outside noise and distractions and help. I mm-hmm. think those of us who kind of bounce around in our brain a lot, mm-hmm. suddenly we're able to do just one thing focused for an extended period of time. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm much more productive. I can pound through the work that way. Just give it a That's shot. Let me know what you
1: sure, I will do that. When I went to Tampa this year for conference, I finally went ahead and joined the coaching group. So I I have my first coach now, and that has been. Fantastic. And he is helping me with building an audience, working with brand registry, how to how to take all these miscell, not miscellaneous, these tangents that I have, you know, all these multiple streams, I guess, and and connect the dots to try to link what I can. So he's really been helping me lay out goals for what I need to do after the holidays. So I'm doing a lot with them now, doing a lot that's very direct and mer- very meaningful for Q4 right now. But I also have this long-term plan of what needs to happen once I can breathe in January. So that will involve a lot of building up the um, brand registry in Amazon. I don't even know a whole lot about it yet. All I know is I'm approved. Right. This is what I can do, but I haven't done it yet.
0: Did you did you use our Hummingbird by any chance to do that? The brand registry and
1: did I did not. Them? I didn't know anything about Humminbird until conference. I had heard about them, but I ended up gotcha. going through. Oh, I don't remember what it's called, but it's through Amazon. And
0: okay. their services. The, I got gotcha. you. Their services. Yeah.
1: They're vetted, and it was a very seamless process. They really yeah. know their stuff. Sure. Had I known earlier, I would have. I would have. <laughs> but well, I did.
0: just just check. Yeah, because because that is one of the services we offer is helping with the brand. None of the brands building, but will, all aspects of the brand building. You know, mm-hmm. If you need design, if you need um, the, the layout, the professional pictures, or you want to get brand registered, your trademark, those kind of things, we right. do have services for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not a big money maker for us. It's just something that we use, I'm the service do. we provide, because so many people need it. Uh, but just curious sure, if you've used it, what your experience was.
1: No. I mean, I didn't use them, but it can be an intimidating process. So just knowing sure. that somebody like Humminbird and the and the whole idea of you know here are all the pieces that you've got to do. Let me help you get through it. I think it's yeah. great to have someone hold your hand and and walk you through it.
0: You've been to a handful of our our live events now. That I might be you something too. you mentioned. You talked to uh, you met some of your really good friends there. Mm-hmm. Talk to the people who have never been to a live event, either ours or another one. Like, mm-hmm. how important is it? It sounds like those were pretty good boosts for you.
1: Yes. I would say they were turning points. Absolutely. And I don't think that you need a requirement. How can I word it? I don't think it's necessary that you have to be the, the biggest seller on the block to go to an event. And I think that's what I was afraid of the first year. Like I'm just this little guy. I'm this little fish in a pond. Who am I? I have nothing to offer. I'm just going to absorb what I can. And I, I almost didn't go because I really was afraid that this was going to be way too big and too many important people for me. And I found that to be absolutely 100% the opposite. Not that there were not amazing, incredible success stories in the group. And we all know there are just from listening to the podcast. But I think the fact that everyone is in this particular group, MST specific and the proven group specifically, because there are other groups out there. This group is so personable. And the idea that, someone just walks up to you and says, hi, and hey, what do you do? Tell me about your business. It's, I don't recall feeling intimidated a single moment once I actually got there. I truly felt that I can walk up to anybody and just, you know, shake a hand, give a hug. I mean, people hug each other. It was wonderful. And yes, I think that the sessions and the breakouts were fantastic. I mean, yes, there's absolutely a ton of very good information. But I would say all of the networking that goes on between those sessions, to the point that sometimes you're late going into the session to get your seat because you're trying to finish up a conversation. To yeah. me, that was so valuable. It was it was great. I couldn't wait. We were going to go to Boca the year of COVID. And I was already signed up for that. Of course, that got put off. And then I really, really looked forward to Tampa. Seeing people, just seeing Friends, seeing you know people, meeting new people through the group that I wanted to now meet in conference, and Tampa was a little bit of a different setup, just as good, just a little bit different of an environment. But again, it was all those side conversations, those little hey, you know, let's go chat in the hallway for five minutes, and that leads to thirty minutes later, and the next thing you know, you're you've got a coach. <laughs> so it's great. It's it's really good. I would I would say if you're even just starting off, and you you think you want to just get to know this business and the right people, go. Just go, and if you don't gain a single thing out of it, I can't say shame on you. But you might get a little vacation. But I don't know. It was just it was so worth it. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Oh, we get such such incredible feedback. The first couple of times we did these conferences and we got people from the community together, I was very. I felt like I was under a ton of pressure to really deliver incredible content and that's what would make or break the event. And we do provide great content. You can get Absolutely. the videos in the Proven Amazon course. Mm-hmm. You know, If you wait a few months, they're going to be in the Proven Amazon course modules, right? And so it's like, I don't need to go. I can get the same content. Right. But the real value of it is, as you've pointed out, and so many others have, pretty much everyone I've ever talked to about the event on this podcast, it's been, yeah, the content's great, but I know I can get the videos later. Exactly. Actually <laughs> sessions. I was in the hallway the whole third day, right? Mm-hmm. It's the people this community, the relationships. And if we'd have started there 10 years ago when we started doing live events, mm-hmm. and people are saying, well, it's going to be the, the relationships, it's not so much the content, I would have had my feelings hurt. Now I'm like, it's a point of pride. We build it into the schedule. Just getting this group of people together, mm-hmm. there's just so much knowledge being shared and friendships being birthed. And this is why we do business is for these relationships. And I've, mm-hmm. I've kind of grown and matured in my perspective on what these events are all about. Any lessons? You're a teacher. What you know? What's the lesson plan today? Like any bullet points you wanted to hit today before we started to wrap this one up? There's about thirty other questions I think I could ask you. We'll have to do a part two sometime for that. But you know, anything that you like? Oh, I don't want to neglect saying this today.
1: Um, as far as lessons, I you know we talked just a minute ago about the relationships and conference. And I'm not sure. And sure, I've been a teacher. And yes, I've, you know, I've been in the military and I've, you know, I've done a lot of things with a lot of people, but I don't know if I really ever believed truly or really put a lot of stock into how important those relationships really are when you're working in a business like ours. Because you are often by yourself. And it's so easy to sit alone all day and plug away your work. But the value of those friendships and that relationships. I don't think they can be emphasized enough. So I would say any opportunity you have, take it, run with it, do it, pick up a phone, say hi. And there have been people, even in the group, in the MST group, I have just sought them out and said, Hey, can I call you? I have some questions for you. I'd love to chat, you know, or Zoom with a cup of coffee. I think it's it's super important. And a lot of us really are entrepreneurs. As far as lessons that are applicable every day, I'm an organization nut, I would say start early and figure out what systems work for you. Start to put some systems in place early, even if it's an old three ring binder, you know, kind of put some things together early on and grow with it. And I remember someone gave me a bit of advice when I started, I was just using an Excel spreadsheet and I was thinking, oh, maybe I should get this program or maybe I should get that program. And it was somebody in the group, I honestly don't remember who it was, made a comment and said, you know, be careful about investing in these tools and these other kind of organizational systems until you really know what you need. And then you're ready. And then you can pick and choose because there's a ton of stuff out there as far as tools. And it's really easy to say, oh, I want to, you know, I want to go buy this or I want to spend money on this. And I don't think that's necessary. Just kind of figure out what works for you first. And, you know, just trust yourself. You know, trust yourself to, I don't know, start working on your, I don't know how to say it. Just I'm not so sure a lot of people have the confidence. That they really they really can't you really can do this. You really yeah. can. you You don't yeah. have to have a degree or you don't have to be a business person or you don't have to be the most popular person in a room. You know, think about what you want, set your goals, have some confidence. It's not always easy. And pick up a phone, type an email, and start building those friendships.
0: It, it really is. I love the way you kind of articulated from a from a, a different angle than what I usually do. Something that I feel like I say quite frequently and I, I'm always looking for new creative ways to say it, but this business is, and all businesses are, a leadership and relationship journey. Mm-hmm. And to the degree that you improve your ability to, to lead others, and to bring them into what you're doing. And you know, you mentioned you hired virtual assistants, you hire help when you need it. Every business will outgrow the single individual and that's the lesson. You've got to become a leader if you're going to have other people who are going where you're taking them. That's called leading, right? So you're on a leadership journey and you're on a relationship journey, and those two worlds overlap. And the rules are pretty much the same in both arenas: leadership and and taking people on on this journey and growing yourself and growing those relationships. The rules are all the same. Mm-hmm. So it's your degree that you are the ceiling. And that's the observation I've made about you as we've talked. It's like, you, you can either choose to think to yourself, oh, I'm the one to write a book. you know, mm-hmm. Or you say, you know what? I'm going to figure it out go through the steps. Maybe write a low content book. Now I'm an author. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to write that fiction book I've always wanted to write. Mm-hmm. Right. So bust through those walls. But you are your own limiting factor. I think John Maxwell calls it like that glass ceiling of growth. Mm-hmm. You can't get through it. You're your own glass ceiling. It's no one else out there holding you down. It's like, when right. are you going to decide to take the steps and, mm-hmm. and go through the process of leadership and relationships? That get
1: That's you so true. I think a lot of us sometimes are our own worst enemies. Of course. And,
0: Absolutely.
1: Yeah. You know, and someone taught me to a long time ago when I was still in the Air Force. And I, I had the opportunity to become a commissioned officer after 14 years in. And I remember one of my first, he was a chief at the time. And he was explaining the difference even between managing and leading people. Mm-hmm. And he said to me, he said, Vicki, you know, if you want to be a leader, you, you have to trust yourself, but you sometimes have to fake it to make it too. And I remember him telling me, you know, that people are looking up to you to help them figure out that next move. And you may not always know what that next move is. You may not always know it in your heart. You may not always know it. Just <laughs> what do I do? <laughs> but it's your job to figure it out and to make sure that you kind of pass it along and help other people find that confidence in themselves. Managing, you're kind of managing all that day-to-day kind of stuff. It has to be done too. And we all have to do some of that too. So I don't know. I think some of us flip-flop between the leadership piece and the management piece as well. But a lot of it comes down to faith in yourself and just building that confidence too. We can yeah. all do this. Thank you for listening to Silent Sales Machine Radio.